0: This is Beyond the Farm Gate, a show where we shine a light on great Australian stories in agriculture. On the show, you'll hear from farmers who've survived challenges like fire, flood, and drought, farmers who run innovative and unique agribusinesses, and farmers who are balancing work and family in rural Australia. You'll be inspired hearing their stories and pick up some insights along the way. I'm your host, Annie Herbert. Today I'm chatting with Kate Nicholson. Kate is the owner of Croft Down, a beautiful property located just outside Bathurst in New South Wales. Kate's farming operation is quite unique. In addition to Angus beef cattle and Highland cows, Kate also runs miniature donkeys and uses them to provide tailored therapy sessions to the disabled and elderly in her local farming community. In this episode, you'll hear what inspired Kate to start such a unique venture, how she's providing support to those in need And why it's so important to showcase the special qualities of animal breeds that are so often overlooked. Let's jump in. Well, Kate, thank you so much for joining me on Beyond the Farm Gate today.
1: Thanks for your time, Eddie, and it's lovely to have a chat and thanks for the opportunity.
0: I'm very excited to get further into the couple of topics we have to talk to you today because it is a little different to usual. But can you tell me where your connection to agriculture first began?
1: So I grew up on a farm just outside of Wellington. It was a sheep farm. All my parents are still there. And it was just a natural part of my childhood, going out with Dad and rounding up the sheep and doing lots of sheep work. And we had a bit of cattle then. And it was really nice just to have that very free childhood. I understand that you then left that property
0: and actually ended up in Sydney, so the complete opposite to a beautiful, picturesque <laughs> farm. How did that come about?
1: So I left home about 18 years of age and went to the city, as a lot of farm kids do, and I actually started nannying because I wasn't really sure exactly what I wanted to do. But growing up in the country, I often like to head to the Big Smoke because it's apparently greener and more fabulous <laughs> down there. So yeah, I just had a few years there and then travelled overseas, spent six months overseas exploring the world, then I studied environmental um, science and also at that time was early married with a six-month-old child and we were living in Sydney then. Then I guess as time went on, I just that yearning to go back to the country was always there. My husband was keen. He grew up in Sydney and he was keen to see what it was like in the country. So we did a few years in Dublin and I worked out there with an environmental science field. I guess it's just always, once it's in your blood, I don't think you can ever quite leave it for good. So then we did another little stint back in Sydney and it was still there that I wanted to come back to the country. So then we moved to Bathurst and I think that's it for moving, hopefully, for a very (laughs) long time.
0: (laughs) I understand you did bushfire science for a little while, or
1: maybe a very long
0: time, in Sydney. (laughs) That fascinates me. Obviously, it can be a really terrible topic to talk about, but it's also a very interesting topic. Can you tell me a little bit more about that role that you did?
1: Once I finished my undergraduate degree in environmental science, I went on to do my master's in environmental management with a strong focus on bushfire science. I mean, Dad was captain of the local brigade up until very recently, and so that was a part of our childhood as well. The science of fire really fascinated me. So it was really nice to get a lot more understanding. I mean, it it is very technical and very political, as you would understand. I did work in a role that was looking at a couple of facets. One was looking at how we can use fire as a management tool, Mm -hmm. and that role was really interesting. We did lots of great things working with communities, with Indigenous communities, looking at how historically fire has been used to manage the landscape essentially. And then my next role was more working with the Rural Fire Service and mitigation basically, how we can protect communities and infrastructure from the damaging effects of fire.
0: But with all that in mind, the yearning did take over and you did move back closer to home just outside of Bathurst. Can you tell me a little bit more about
1: the property that you're currently on? We're only um, about 20 k's from town in Bathurst. Um, This property, it's just a small couple of hundred acres. We breed miniature donkeys and highland cattle with a few angus as well. And this property just allows me launch, I guess, in a different direction. And this just gives me the freedom to look at how I can still work with communities because I've always enjoyed that. In all my roles, I've worked closely with local communities. So this is it still doing that, but it's just in a different form now. So we run programs for the disabled and we have the elderly as well come and visit. So this is a really nice way to just connect with people who need a bit of extra support, whether it be emotional or just they want to have a connection to nature. And so our donkeys are a really great fit for that.
0: So before we dive into the exciting topic today, which of course is the miniature donkeys, the Mm Angus cattle and the Highland cows. Why those two? What started all of that for you?
1: Growing up on the land, I've always enjoyed cattle, sheep. I really enjoyed and wanted to know, I was always fascinated with Highland cows because there's not a lot in this country. They're growing all the time. And my husband does joke that the Angus support the Highlands because (laughs) (laughs) this is kind of Angus country where we are. So we have more Angus than we do Highlands at this stage. I like taking a lot of photos and I just enjoy the highlands for that purpose. And also, they're just a different, very chilled beast. They're not as highly strong as I find Angus, just me personally. No attack on Angus at all. Um, so, And then people are interested in highlands and I thought that would be a really nice addition to have, something that's not as common and people can have access to them in the future.
0: Now let's get on to why we're really here today, which is something that (laughs) when we first started chatting, I found fascinating and really piqued my interest in what you're doing. And that is the work that you do with the miniature donkeys, which you've just touched on. But how did you get started on this? Because I haven't spoken to anyone else that does this.
1: Well, that's probably why I do it, Annie, because (laughs) I have been quite fascinated with miniature donkeys for some time. And I did have a dream that I'd always like to own them. And now I thought, oh, they're really hard to find. That There aren't a lot in Australia. Overseas in America particularly, they're quite common. And again, rare animals interest me. Most animals we have here are rare. They're not really common with chickens. So the donkeys, I realized that I saw what programs are happening overseas with people working with them for therapy and I've looked at dogs, for example, and how people have been using dogs for therapy or other animals, and I really wanted to do that. That was something that really piqued my interest, and I thought, that needs this. I think I can see a gap. There's not anything like this that I can see. So I thought I'd give it a try, and it's turning out to be quite a
0: hit. So what does a typical trip to Croftown look like for those that are participating in your therapy programs?
1: We currently run a structure program on Wednesdays, so the clients will come out and all the donkeys are tied up usually just before they come, so they will start brushing them, and then we work on their feet, picking out their feet, which is quite a new activity we've started as the clients have built confidence. They're now wanting to try other things because they would usually brush them, lead them around. We have a bit of a circuit that they do, and then they're more confident now around working with the donkey. And so we're looking at their feet and we're going to look at their teeth and how we check for teeth. So it's basically just gauging and what interests the clients and how we can help them.
0: And what kind of results have you seen among those
1: that are participating? And it's been fabulous. We've had reports back from management in these organisations family. So people are telling us that they've seen their loved one a bit more confident. They have an outlet now. So some of them are really outdoor minded. And it's hard for these organizations to find activities that aren't expensive to do, but also activities that work on their goals that they'd like to achieve for their clients. So the results have been amazing. We've had people that haven't wanted to get off the bus. Now they run off the bus quite literally. (laughs) And they sort of push you at the gate to get in. And it's really lovely. I've had clients that would stand at the gate. They didn't want to participate in the program, they didn't want to touch the donkeys because they thought they might bite or kick. And it was really nice. Just last week, we had a client that was joking with us and they said, Oh, I remember when I was so scared of the donkeys? And now I'm the boss of the donkeys. And I'm like, Exactly. <laughs> like, it's fabulous. And this was someone who would stand at the gate, very reluctant to participate in our activity. And now they're basically running the show. They tell me what to do. So I think it's fabulous just to see that change. It's just really rewarding. And of all the things I've done in this life to date, it's one of the most rewarding things I've done.
0: And I think that's really obvious. Like the passion that comes through when you talk about this is so clear. Where does this sense of community and wanting to help come from? Definitely my parents.
1: Growing up, Annie, mum would never make one cake. Like probably most country mums, mum would make four or five because someone's had a baby or someone's not well. So we were always, always encouraged to look out for others, how we can help others. It was quite a common thing in our house that you know mum would say, oh, what have you done for to someone today? And whether that's just giving someone a compliment or helping them with whatever they needed help with. And they're still, to this day, very community-minded as they're ageing and even if they're not having the best time themselves, they're always trying to help someone else, which I think is a, not just a country thing, but it is very evident in country communities.
0: Absolutely. And I think that goes to your point earlier around when there is a gap in the community and you can help fill it, then absolutely why not go for
1: it? Oh, absolutely. I, mean, I couldn't agree more. I had someone actually say to me, oh, this has made me think about what I can do for someone else. And look, if I think we can all do a little bit of something for someone else, whether that be on a regular basis, whether it be on an intermittent basis, I think we can all look out and help someone some way.
0: And we know that in rural and regional Australia and in farming communities, quite often there are a lot of mental health problems, especially. And Mm -hmm. this is one way that can help with that as well. And for you, you've got the business side of what you do, but Going out every day and getting to spend time with these beautiful animals, I bet you can even feel the positive impact for yourself as well. You're spot on. There's
1: something about a donkey, and I think people who haven't met them don't understand. They seem to understand what you're going through. Like you can sit there, and if you're not having a great day, they can put their head on your shoulder. They have a really clever gift of picking up on your vibe. If that makes sense. You can't really have a bad day with a donkey.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So maybe this is a solution. Maybe more farmers need miniature donkeys on their properties to go out and have that relaxation moment with them.
1: I'd promote that quite heavily. If we could get our hands on enough of them because that that is a bit of a problem.
0: (laughs) (laughs) On the flip side, what's been the reaction from your neighbours? Because donkeys are something a little bit Mm -hmm. different and it's, as you said, you're in Angus country how do they yep. feel about the donkeys?
1: We are very fortunate to have the most fabulous neighbours. There's a bit of a joke in our community here that our neighbour over the road will say, Oh, I can tell when Kate's up because the donkeys are carrying on, or we know when something's <laughs> up because the donkeys are awake. And I am conscious of that. And I was always apologising for them. And they're like, No, we actually love them. They only make a noise when they need to, which is they just get excited at feed time typically. And They've been amazing. They're very patient. And look, one of them has a barking dog and that's okay. Like you just gotta work with each other's animals make a bit of noise. It's a really good snapshot of what
0: you're up to at the moment. But where to from here for you and the services that you're offering your local farming community?
1: Well, my husband's very good at keeping me on track, Annie, because I have a lot of ideas. And he often reminds me, Rome wasn't built in a day and we need to pace ourselves so there's a lot of things we'd like to do this was a pilot project for me to mm-hmm. see one are people interested in the donkeys and two is there something we can do to help the community or offer a service that might not be available at the moment there's yeah, other things i would like to do with the donkeys we will soon be mobile So we're hoping to go to those places where the people can't come to us at the moment. We're hoping to be able to offer a service where we can go to them, Um, even schools, preschools, daycare centers, all of those places, and not just provide a service like a petting zoo. For me, it's always been about education. So if we can educate people on, there's a lot of misconceptions that people think, you know, donkeys are like Shetlands, for example, kick and they bite. That's not the case. They're not like that. And if we can get a lot of those misconceptions debunked, I guess, to say that donkeys, this is how they are, because a lot of people haven't encountered donkeys in Australia. That's been my experience from the feedback I'm getting. So if we can go and share a bit about them, if we can teach people about husbandry for those that might be interested, and just how to care for an animal. And that's one of the avenues we're going down with our current therapy program. We're teaching the clients how to care for them now now that we've built confidence around the donkey we're teaching them how to care that extends to other parts of life you know we're caring for other people and being mindful there's a few balls in the air that or ideas that I've got I have to just pace myself though because watch this space there's a lot that's going to be happening with our donkeys
0: it's very exciting and one thing that I've taken away from the couple of conversations that we've had Kate is around to use a very common phrase is not judging a book by its cover and for me I went to school with a guy that had miniature donkeys on his property and we teased him so much I've got to say cuz you know <laughs> it wasn't something that we'd ever had any interaction with it wasn't Sheep, yes. which is what I grew up around. So now I feel like I missed out and he has the donkeys. <laughs> so I think that that's a really key message, but also around that helping out in your local community. And it can be something a little bit different. It doesn't have to be the typical ways that we think of. There are lots of ways to help out in your farming community, and it might just yeah. be a
1: little different. Pun intended, any? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Annie, I couldn't agree more. I do get a bit passionate about this because I think if we can open our minds to, like you said, looking probably through a different lens sometimes of avenues of helping someone or helping out in our community. And yeah, look, we've been laughed at for the donkeys, and I'm okay with that because I know how good they are. Like you say, <laughs> they're missing out. <laughs> but I will often say to people, like, and even in my own family, my brothers, like, why on earth would you get donkeys? And I'm like, come and meet them. I say to anybody, I open the doors to come and meet them because until you've known a donkey, you haven't known love in many ways because there is not an animal that I know probably they're as close as a dog, but they just are so, so loving. And to each other, they have very strong emotional bonds with each other. There's a lot we can learn from donkeys.
0: Well, I think that when Beyond the Farm Gate eventually goes – on the road, I think that Croft Down will have to be one of our first stops because you've sold me on
1: the magic donkey (laughs) idea. Oh, please do. You would be most very welcome, Annie, you and the crew, because once you meet them, you might want to try and take one home with you. Most people do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll make sure that we put a link to your Instagram, which is absolutely beautiful, by the way, and a great snapshot of your little slice of rural Australia. I'll make sure we put the link in the show notes. But thank you so much for coming on. To talk to us today kate it's been an absolute pleasure to talk about something a little bit left of center yeah thank you for your time and i appreciate the opportunity thanks for listening this podcast is produced by rural bank rural bank supports the agribusiness community by providing financial services knowledge and leadership for australian farmers to grow if you'd like more information about the topics we discussed today as well as links and other resources We've added those to the show notes for this episode. You can find them by tapping or swiping over the cover art in your podcast player now. And while you're there, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps other people find the show. I'm Annie Herbert, and I'll chat to you next time.